some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to a Bonfire Side Chat Appendix. Uh, it is an appendix you can dig. <laughs> it is an Apple appendix. And yes. uh, this week we are reading responses to Shovel Knight. And boy, oh boy, did you come out in force. Good. Good on you. Yeah. This game should inspire passion. If this had just inspired the apathy, that would be, I don't want to live in that world. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have, uh, we've been recording for a while, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, Alan says by contact. Uh, just a friendly random correction to a minor detail in your 3D dot game heroes episode. The guy getting married and choosing his bride reference, uh, I believe, is Dragon Quest V rather than Dragon Quest IV. Uh, then he goes on to encourage us to play Dragon Quest V for the DS for Waff. Um, I want to do a Dragon Quest game mm-hmm. for Watch Out Fireballs, um, but just tricky to find the right one. Yeah. And those mid uh, the the mid part of Dragon Quest are on my pile of shame. Mm-hmm. Like I played Dragon Quest one, two, and three, and I played Dragon Quest eight. And I haven't played the ones in between, right. and I want to really badly. Yeah, if you want to do a 120 hour game, we can do seven. Yeah, and I, and boy, do I. Let's just do, let's do it over the course of three months. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, I, I am interested in, play, in playing those. It's just JRPG fatigue. Yeah. That uh, even like the specter of. Okay, <laughs> but I'll take your word for the Dragon Quest thing. I really thought it was four, but I might be wrong. Yeah. So. Either either way. Um, also, in response to something from the last appendix, we have DJ Davis writing in via Facebook uh, to his name is DJ. It's not just a really bland DJ name. <laughs> yes, DJ Davis in the house. Whoop whoop. Um, just uh-huh. set radio. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, uh, last time somebody asked about literature that evokes kind of the same feelings and themes as Dark Souls, and we were unable to provide a satisfactory list. So DJ is uh, here with the ups and the alley oop in order to land us with some uh, books from our local library. Uh, so he says, first off, you're going to want to check out The Divinity Student by Michael Sisko and The Elric Saga by Michael Moorcock. Both of these are relentlessly weird, dark fantasy stories that focus on mythology and symbolism while asking more questions than they have answers to give. Uh, You will think about the undead Berg while reading The Divinity Student, and I, I, I promise, and Elric tackles a similar quest cycle. Following these, take the plunge into the world of the greatest fantasist, fantasist uh, who ever lived with The Gods of Pagana by Lord Dunsany. Lord Dunsany, The Gods Dunsany. of Pagana. Dunsany, okay. Dunsany. Yep. Um, uh, this will give you the same kind of mysterious lore with no direct world bu- uh, and no direct world building feel. Then check out the Gormenghast novels by Mervyn Peake. Uh, for a series uh, uh, that details uh, a single location that feels lived in and ancient. After these, you might want to check out Teatro Grotesco by Thomas Ligotti and The King in Yellow by Robert W. Chambers for more dark weirdness that gets under your skin by creating thick and disturbing atmosphere via poetic and beautiful prose. Yeah. Do you have any experience with any of those? Uh, The King in Yellow. Yeah, I I read The King in Yellow. (laughs) Yeah. um, Which is really good. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, uh, you know, I sometimes prose from the uh, from that early on mm-hmm. will sometimes feel paced weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um, the King in Yellow is great though, yeah. and it is genuinely creepy and weird. Um, and uh, yeah, and Lord Dunsany is a big Lovecraft influence, which is why I know no oh. more Lord Dunsany. <laughs> maybe Dunsany. Maybe I maybe I corrected you incorrectly. Yeah, uh, so I apologize if if I did. Um, but both of those I heard about first from the uh, HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast, mm-hmm. um, and have not gone on to read any uh, Lord Dunsany. 
Um, yeah, but it is interesting to hear that it is Soulsy. I will tell you a book that I've been reading over the past, like slowly over the past couple of years, just because it's structured in a really weird way. Not couple of years, the last like eight months. Um, it is called Life of the Bible. Users. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I'm just read the I Bible will tell you about. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Um, so it is a book called uh, Life: A User's Manual by uh, a French author, Georges Perec. Um, which uh, it is a story that is told entirely about this apartment building room by room via the objects that are in it. Oh, interesting. And there's there's kind of a story about an eccentric artist and this lifelong puzzle that he has set up, um, you know, just kind of to figure out a way to use kind of his abundant time and money um, that he has, you know, before he dies. Um, and it is a great deal of like indirect storytelling. Uh, it's translated from the French, and there are some cultural touchstones that just don't, you know, resonate. But there's a lot of kind of humanity in the objects around that, around the personal arc, ar- the personal archaeology that uh, kind of resonates, I think, with me as a video game, you know, player, um, mm-hmm. and uh, just as a person in general, uh, seeing what somebody surrounds them with themselves with, and and determining what that says about their lives. Um, it is a big book of lists in a lot of regards, but there's a, there's a lot of humanity there. So that is hmm. Life, a User's Manual by Georgia Perec. Cool. And if you would like to download that for free, you can go to audible.com <laughs> forward slash. <laughs> yeah. Did that sound like an ad? <laughs> and, no, it, it, like a genuine ad. But it, 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 I'm just, this is a little callback to her, to the dark days. Um, the uh, Yeah, so that, that sounds interesting to me. I've been, um, the Elric saga, I always get confused with the Wheel of Time books. Mm-hmm even though I think they're really different, but like the Wheel of Time books, there's like 40 of them and they're all a thousand pages long. I don't want to read that. I think the Elric Saga is more readable and I've heard really good things about it. So, I, you know, I might uh, definitely pick that up. Yeah. Um, I was, I'm in the mood for some dark fantasy. I always get the uh, the Elric Saga confused with uh, the exegesis of Philip K. Dick. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is, yeah, uh, something I've always intended to read, but because both of those words begin with E, they're conflated in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you for those recommendations. We'll put links in the show notes um, for those. Um, for responses to Shovel Knight, uh, David says via contact, while there are lots of good things to be said about Shovel Knight, the tutorial is what will stand out for me long after I'm done playing. Mega Man X finally has a rival for the best tutorial ever. I swear I didn't uh, read these responses before I said that in the episode. Um, we're, just on, we're just simpatico, David. That's Gary speaking. Um, in the first level, you will learn everything you need to know to beat the game. I'm pretty sure you don't need any of the power-ups to beat the game, so it really is everything. My only real gripe with the game is not being able to leave an area that you've already beat and keep the progress. I had to go back once or twice because I couldn't afford a power-up when I got it and ended up having to do the whole level again, uh, not just run to the chest. Considering the uh, second half was usually quite a bit harder than the first, it got old fast. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't come up for me. Like, Mm -hmm. money was never an issue, so I could always buy the power-up. But I could see that being frustrating if Mm -hmm. you ran into it. Yeah, I ran into that more when I got halfway through a level and I realized that I didn't uh, uh, fill up on my fish juice. Oh, sure. Yeah, that like that was like okay, well, um, I can either both like both of these options are difficult, either gut it out or you know just go back and redo the first part of this. I almost always and I almost always ended up just finishing the level. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, that is uh, a little bit of a frustration. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, Sam writes in via contact saying. Shovel Knight is delightful for reasons that I trust you guys to cover, so I'll add my gripes. While the later levels bring back a lot of old platformer staples, gosh, that wind direction room and the smashing floors and ceilings got a bit too rough. Uh, Having each of the hardest parts of the last three levels back to back to back in the final dungeon wore on my patience. And what's with all these useless armors? Um, Sorry. Uh, (laughs) There's got to be a better way. Yep. Um, 
But then the boss rush feels great, and the palace's shifting platforms and infinite space are eerie. Shieldnet's revelation as a strong and mostly self-reliant protagonist seemed built to disrupt the damsel in distress trope. If only there had been a single woman in the rest of the main cast. That's a good point. Um, In short, this game is so good that the compliments snuck into my gripes-only review. Yeah, there are no uh, no lady knights, mm-hmm. um, but there are ladies in the village and stuff. The ma- the magicus, mm-hmm. magicus, and the lady who runs the mini game that we forgot to mention. Oh yeah, the witch. Um, lady. That's weirdly out of place because <laughs> yeah. it, like there's only the one, and you just get money for beating it. I like. We get a soundtrack. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. I like that character. She's good. Yeah, she's, she's I real, too. She's real, real, real reluctant about the entire thing. Like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. Yeah, she's real good. Yeah, good. Uh, you know, I do. It is very hard. It never felt too hard to me, mm-hmm. uh, just because I always knew what I needed to do, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a real random element to it. So it wasn't like the birds in Ninja Gaiden, where it's like, oh, the, you know, just edge spawning destroys this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is very, very difficult. It is a big difficulty spike in a game that already is difficult at that point. Right. Um, oh, we also forgot to talk about the Heroes Coliseum thing. Oh the, yeah. Yeah, that's just a, and that's like that's a whole level we forgot to talk about. But that's that's fine with a with a weird ghost boss. At the end. Um, but the, did you do that? Because when I first saw that, when I, I didn't play it my first time through because I thought it was it's really expensive to get in and I thought it was gonna be like an optional thing, but it's actually a level. No, I didn't do that. Do it. Okay. Um <laughs> yeah, it, it is it, it's a fun level. Like you go in, you pay admission to this museum, and then you find out that it's haunted. Huh. And uh you go through destroying these ghosts. Shit, I found um, Yeah, no, no, it's okay. It's it's I forgot about it too. Hmm. Um yeah, I can't remember where, where I came from where I, what got me into that? I was like, "Oh shit, we forgot about the the battle arena." You know what? You know what? I thought I thought it was uh, the place where the Kickstarter um, backers were thanked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does seem like it's going to be superfluous, but mm. it's a hidden level. Oh, huh. um, yeah. So yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you, Sam. Another Sam. Sam Bear says by contact. Unlike many other indie retro games, Shovel Knight, gave, Shovel Knight gave me the streamlined two to three hour experience that I get when I occasionally sit down to play some Mario 3 or Super Metroid for a lazy afternoon. The money slash death system gives me enough motivation to really avoid death, but isn't overly punishing. I died 50 to 60 times over the course of the game, but had no problem fully upgrading my dude several levels before the end. The levels themselves and the knights who inhabit them are all creatively designed, and the goals were intuitive enough that I didn't have to check game facts once. It doesn't go overboard with a lot of story, but I thought it still had some good story beats, namely everything involving the Black Knight. Finally, the graphics and sound are pitch perfect. If I had to pick one element of the presentation I loved, it's the NES-style noise as percussion in the music. Also, Yacht Club didn't fill the game with offensive character designs like most WayForward games. Justice in Spades, Sam Bear. Mm-hmm. What did WayForward make? Lots of stuff. Um, they have done, I think they made that Aliens Infestation game. Oh, they did Shantae. Um, yeah. Yeah, they did Shantae. Um, they done like a lot of like the retro, really beautiful retro uh, yeah. platformers that have come Contra out. Contra 4. Yeah, that's the other yep. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Um, sorry, I need to get back to this because I went over the wiki, to the wiki page. Yeah. It's okay. Um, let's see here. Sean writes in via contact saying, steal thy shovels for this response. I must admit I was a bit dubious when I heard you guys were covering Shovel Knight. I didn't hold it against you being an interstitial season at all, but with my basic knowledge of Shovel Knight being a platformer where your points drop when you perish, I thought the connection would end there. The aesthetic and tone didn't appear at all in line with Souls games, which for me is a major part of the experience. But it was on sale and I hadn't played a platformer since I was probably 10, so I thought I would give it a try. You guys were right. 
While dropping your treasure is one of the most direct connections, Shovel Knight succeeded in many ways that the Souls game succeeded. Although it is not entirely analogous, the option of breaking the checkpoints for treasure reminded me of the thrill of not returning to the bonfire in Dark Souls so that I could press on, the exhilarating feeling of denying yourself comfort for the sake of progress. Then there is the phase locket, which for me uh, felt like an even stronger connection to the Souls games than dropping your treasure when you die. As soon as I got that relic, I, uh, it was almost all I used, especially in boss fights. Using the locket to phase through their attacks to put, to put myself in an offensive position felt more like a Souls experience than I ever imagined a platforming game could. Finally, there was the difficulty. I've never been very good at platformers, so this is probably a factor as much as anything, but there were moments that when I thought Yacht Club was asking me to do the impossible. I even stopped playing for a couple of days when my laptop shut off during the final stretch of the flying machine level. But, just like Souls, it all clicked finally, which felt immensely satisfying. This feeling reaches climax during the boss gauntlet, where I swept them all, swept them all in one try uh, after failing to them dozens of times separately. Shovel Knight is a greatly rewarding game that reminds me of the Souls games for its brilliant design and how rewarding the play is, with the added upside of being set in an endlessly cute world. Hail the Travel King! Yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for uh, taking a plunge with us. Yeah, thank you. And uh, you know, that- these interstitial seasons are so weird because you know, especially as we uh, wander away. Like I felt in a similarly poor footing when we went to Berserk a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, but those ended up being some really popular episodes for us, and it, uh, yeah. it exposed a lot of people to that, just like we exposed ourselves to it. Yeah, there was. I was on the bus the other day, and a guy was reading Berserk on his uh, tablet, and I wanted <laughs> Did to you warn call him, him a like, sicko. <laughs> Uh, it was me from the past. Like he was in, no, I, I wanted to be like, no, you're gonna, because he was just in like pretty early on. I was like, you're gonna get to some weird sex stuff. But he's wearing headphones. I couldn't. Oh, okay, him. I was gonna say, if you actually approach this man, you are a far braver guy than me. No, no. I, I, if he wasn't wearing headphones, I might have been like, hey, berserk, huh? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, just because I uh, don't run into a lot of people. Like that game or that series doesn't have tons of cachet. It seems. Right. Like, if we go to a bookstore, I don't always see berserk, and there's no big collected editions or yeah. anything. So I being uniformly excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's fun to do these interstitial things too, just for a break. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we get to between Bloodborne and Dark Souls three, assuming there is a Dark Souls three, mm-hmm. um, some of the connections will be a little bit more direct because I really want to do Shadow Tower. Yeah, um, which is which is pretty direct. Yeah, I want to do Ninja so. Blade and Echo Knight Beyond. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so when we do the when we do the other from games. Thing. I think it'll it'll also make sense. But yeah, these interstitial seasons are a little bit weird, but we don't like mm-hmm. uh, stopping the podcast. So. Yeah, the train doesn't stop. This train doesn't stop. Um, until until like eventually just like armored core seven <laughs> you know, x terra core for japanese cell phones yeah. Um, like, yeah we had to emulate this it's all in japan but there is a moonlight sword so it counts right <laughs> it counts right we're just hunting um, for moonlight swords yep um yeah so uh dalton says via contact i love uh shovel knight's de- the shovel knight's design he is defiantly a classic video game character in the making I think it might be definitely is what you want there. But he defiantly is also nice. Um, since Shovel Knight's bulky cutscene body uh, becomes much tinier when translated to a classic NES style, I think it would be really cool if, in the potential sequel, Shovel Knight went full Mega Man X and took a 16-bit style approach to show the full glory of his lumpy armored shell. Fantastic game, by the way. It mimics classic retro titles, but not to an obnoxious degree, which I think uh, many of these same styled games is a pitfall they fall into. Um, all hail the Trouble King. <laughs> we will hail him. Yeah. That design is really good. I love his yeah. Viking helmet. Yeah, I like it a lot, too. He's yeah. simple, um, but he telegraphed really well, mm-hmm. like in, in the same way Mega Man does. Yeah. And uh, something that 
this does really well. Uh, we didn't talk about with the with the, des- uh, the boss designs. Each of them cuts a really great silhouette. Oh yeah, it's fantastic when you run into them all at the end, mm-hmm. um, and just have them lined up. Yeah, you know, it just it looks really good, and that would be an awesome like poster or T-shirt mm-hmm. for this game. Like just all the different knights, all the nice especially like a, a, sil- a, uh, in, oh go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm talking. About I was gonna that. say especially in silhouette. Like I feel like I would wear that shirt. Yeah, like uh, it, like arrange them like a like me- like a Mega Man start screen. Oh, that would be cool too. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so Zane writes in via contact saying, I've written to you before about how much the Souls games and your podcast helped me get through my first year of teaching. It's just such a rich series with a single core message embedded within. Never give up. My girlfriend, who played games when she was younger, but not so much of the newer stuff, sometimes asks me about the games I play. I decided I wanted to share with her the games that make me feel something. When you said that you would do Shovel Knight for the show, I realized that this was the perfect entry point for a new player to the Souls experience. I had an eye on it since you mentioned it in Check It Out Comrade, uh, but was waiting for a Steam sale. But this pushed me to buy it anyway. In order to get her interested, I offered her the first crack of the game. She got pretty into it, and although she had a bit of trouble, I think she'll continue to play it. Hopefully she'll be more interested in trying to uh, trying the gauntlet that is the Souls games afterwards. I'm still curious which you think would be a better entry point, though, Dark Souls 1 or 2. Also, after she started Shovel Knight, I made my own file and proceeded to beat it. This is a really amazing game, up there with the best of the Mega Man series. Uh, I've never seen a game more skilled and deliberate about teaching the player what they need to know and immediately using it. There's a surprising depth to the combat system. They provide you with multiple ways of dealing with the problems in the way you prefer, and it's always your fault when you die. Thanks for the recommendation. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Aiden. Mm-hmm. Thanks for uh, listening and checking out Comrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. The um, and Nick appreciates it too. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. The uh, so as far as like gateways, I think that like even the gateway between Shovel Knight and Dark Souls is probably going to be pretty steep mm-hmm. if you're not used to gaming in that dimension. Yeah. Um, and I think as far as entry points go, I think we'd probably both say Dark Souls one. Yeah, I would. Um, just because so much of our my appreciation, at least of Dark Souls two, has to do with my knowledge of Dark Souls one. Yeah. And in the end, it is a stronger game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, while they're both really good. It's smaller. Um, yeah, and uh, I I think that any ease of use considerations they give you in Dark Souls Two are outstripped by just how much more they throw at you. They could also they can also be kind of uh, shored up by having you there. Mm-hmm. So like the ease of use stuff, like having somebody to explain humanity mm-hmm. to you is like half the battle. Yeah, in Dark Souls One. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would find a uh, a lower stakes 3D action game. To, uh, to to try her out on. I know that I know that it's important to you to kind of like get the philosophy in there. But um, you know, check her. You know, check check anybody's, not just hers. Like if you're trying to get somebody into something, make sure that they are comfortable with uh, with you know like moving a character and a camera in different ways. Like I don't know yeah. what, like what what this kind of outsider's level of skill is. So uh, the the important part is to be gentle and supportive. <laughs> like yeah, in all I, things. I, I was trying to get uh, my ex wife to play Portal, mm-hmm. and she just couldn't do it because she couldn't do like a first person shooter yeah. and she wasn't like video game illiterate like she played you know third person games like she played resident evil and stuff back on the playstation mm-hmm. um even though she wasn't that into games anymore but like she couldn't like she just couldn't do an fps yeah. you know so just for example like you just had to be able to to do it mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah thanks again Zane. um eric says via contact man shovel knight is amazing i just got it recently seeing as you guys were doing it for the show and i couldn't just skip an episode blasphemy <laughs> but man i beat it in one six to seven hour sitting 
Solid platforming slash tight controls, beautiful art. It's funny and charming, and hell, it's even touching. My favorite moment in the game was at the end, when Shield Knight lays next to the tired Shovel Knight, making all the dream sequences and the waking up next to the bonfire all come together in one ball of cute. I'm pretty sure I audibly awed. Uh, <laughs> the game even made its boss rush mode fun. The single worst part of any Mega Man game, aside from any devil boss. Also, man, the animation on Spectre Knight. I know the whole game has great animation, but watching that scythe get thrown around is cheating because of how much of a distraction it is. He's just the coolest of the Shovel Knight bosses. I can only think of one flaw, the upgrades. Aside from the spark shot, which is actually quite helpful, none of the shovel upgrades really helped or made me feel more powerful. Uh, on one hand, it's a little bit disappointing. On the other, it means that being the game just means you only got better with what you had. The upgrades felt like they were also put in because it seemed right. I also only bought the red armor, which reduced your money loss, because I didn't want to sample the others because of how pricey they were. Uh, did you guys have any exper experimentation with the armors? Noticeable improvements? Also, Trouble King. That is all. Well, the <laughs> Trouble King made a really big... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess everywhere. Big impression. Uh, um, yeah, we talked about the armor in the episode. Yeah. Um, what little experience we had. Um, the other person we talked about, uh, the upgrades not feeling good, that didn't bother me because I think that having, like, just doing double damage or something would be against the spirit of the, the game, really. Yeah. You know? Like, almost every boss, like, every regular enemy dies in one or two hits mm -hmm. anyway, and the bosses being able to, like, if you did double damage to a boss, you know, you would have less time to experience them and learn them, which is the satisfying part. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm kind of into the weird sideways upgrades for the weapons. Like, it doesn't feel really empowering, but it does retain your verb set that you have from the beginning. Yeah. And for the armors, like, you know, if enemies did just did less damage to you, that is, you know, offset or mimicked or achieved by the fact that your health slowly increases as you go through the game. Exactly. Like, both of them would be superfluous. Right. So I'm I'm kind of into the upgrades. Like, mm -hmm. the, the strongest point in that last paragraph would, like, maybe they just, they're there because it feels like they need them. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have been fine if they were omitted. Yeah. You know, or even if they're purely aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Like there is one armor that just looks good. Yeah. You know, it's it's the gold the cool, yeah, the gold one if you just want to wear it. Um, but if they were just like different, like, you know, for fashion souls, mm -hmm. I could get into that. Like different kinds of shovels. Yeah. Different kinds of armor. I want to be red. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Something that also keeps popping up in these is talking about the the, the length of it. Which yeah. is good. Like we didn't talk about it on the game or on the on the show, but like it is awesome to have a five hour game. Yeah. That kind of shows restraint and tunes it. Yeah, those those are those are my favorite. Usually, like my favorite games tend to be like I like a really long game that I can play a lot, but like, man, do I like a game that just does it perfectly right out the bat? Yeah. <clears throat> so let's round everything out with Mike, who writes in saying, "So I'll limit my effusive praise to blabbering about how Shovel Knight is just gushing with charm." An early standout for me was after beating the Spectre Knight, watching the girl in the bar jump on the counter and dance. The sprites have so much personality in this game. She kicks and swishes her skirt around. The barmaid waves her handkerchief. The king shakes out, uh, shakes out of his funk and claps. The old man starts grooving. And after the dancer's big finish, everyone cheers. Seriously, how fucking adorable is that? As much as I love modern high-fidelity games like Dark Souls, uh, there's something about the 8-bit era that seems to free up developers to be goofy. I mean, coming into this graphical style with contemporary sensibilities, nothing is going to look hardcore or frightening in any way. When you can't make your game super serious, you just get to have fun with it, and that's something I miss. It's not like uh, uh, it's exclusive uh, to humor, either. The last battle involves you bouncing on the shield knight with your shovel to hurt the boss, and it still manages to be this triumphant, empowering moment. Uh, I don't think many games are, are brave enough to go, for that, uh, to go for that these days, or when they do, it comes across as tongue-in-cheek in a gross, calculated kind of way. 
Also, am I the only person who has near crippling anxiety about jumping over bottomless pits to grab ladders? Seriously, I feel like my uh, insides are oscillating whenever I need to do this shit. It's like I need to get up and have a cigarette every time uh, a Shovel Knight just barely brushes the last pixel of that ladder to end his jump arc. I thought this kind of shit was left behind with the Mega Man games. Maybe when Shovel Knight X comes out, I can finally be free of these panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something I, I meant to mention, I'm really glad you reminded me of this, Mike, because I meant to mention it during the episode. During that dancing scene uh-huh. in the basement, Shovel Knight can't move. Um, but during the game, if you press down, you don't duck, you just bend your knees. <laughs> during the dancing scene, it, you can bend your knees to the beat. It's the only <laughs> movement they allow your character. But if you want to dance along, the game lets you. You just opt into it. It's like an amazing detail. <laughs> you do like a 1920s era Disney dance. Yeah, you just do like a little like, ding, 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 ding. and uh, the game lets you do that. And I'm sure that's intentional because of all the care that's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, brought into the rest of the game. Something great about that duck. It's useless because you only duck one pixel. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just cute. Uh-huh. You know, it's just good for dancing to the uh, to the song. Um, or if you're just hanging out, jamming out to the soundtrack. Yeah, I appreciate dancing to the song. <laughs> it's like the hum button in Transistor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, also those uh, some of those. Pit jumps are also def- tough mm-hmm. and also give me anxiety. I, it's not near crippling. I don't need to have a cigarette <laughs> after each one, but I, they do. Uh, they are tense. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. what a response. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Um, if you have anything to say about Lords of the Fallen, um, any of the favorite, your favorite bosses, the indicator, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the pointer. carburetor, the pointer, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, the Lord's high finger, um, <laughs> like, please hit us up on uh, DuckFeed tv for us contact or if you have things to say about lords of the fallen uh that we've played so far or not lords of the fallen so the first sin yeah um the uh the patch that came out mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we're in the march of the bloodborne yeah march of the bloodborne yes um yeah and uh in other ways you can help us out if you want to go to uh, patreon.com for slash duck tv you can become a patron get some cool stuff um, as little as a dollar a month makes a big difference. Can hang out on facebook.com's forward slash um sorry slash um bonfire side chat I think it is slash, but I always say forward slash. Yeah, I, 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 I corrected myself because I know people have yelled at you for it. Yeah, no, I mean, no, no one, no one's yelled at me about it. I just it's, at this point, I'm just going to say it. It <laughs> leans forward. It seems like it's that's what it is. I, I refuse to live in a world where that's a backslash. It makes no fucking sense. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not, not going to talk about this. I rebuke you. <laughs> I rebuke you. Slash. <laughs> Um, both slashes, the Guns N' Roses slash and that slash. <laughs> slash, both. slash, you had the power to stop Axl Rose, okay? Yes, slash, you could have made Guitar Hero great. Great. <laughs> and what did you do? You watched you farted it farted in the coffee, asshole. <laughs> like, farted in the coffee? Yeah. Is that a phrase? It is now. <laughs> it's, what, it's what slash does when he wants to fuck everything up. <laughs> It's <laughs> a coffee mug that says I farted in this? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good idea for a coffee mug. <laughs> that's very funny to me <laughs> I, can't drink out of I can drink out of that I can point you to some sites where you can get a five dollar coffee mug as a sample for a print run yeah please do like I would that's a very funny coffee mug that I would drink out of you know what it reminds me of is one of my favorite late late era Simpsons jokes um that is not very well like thought of or anything is when uh Bart makes the t-shirts and Mo says can you give me a t-shirt of Calvin being on Hobbs <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That, so- that slays me though. Like, <laughs> what what fetish is that fulfilling? Like, I'm like, just it is. Like, yeah, can you all give me a picture of Calvin being on Ops? That's so good. 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that kills me. You're right. That is really good. Yeah, that's that's very funny. It's from like season ten or something. Like it's pretty late, but it's very good. <laughs> and by pretty late, you mean one third into the current run of the series? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Pretty pretty late in Good Simpsons. Oh, but man, man is that funny. <laughs> and I farted in this on a coffee mug. Scratches that same itch for me. Yeah. Like, I, I might order that for you. Yes, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, anywho, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to go to sleep. Yep. I'm going to go to sleep. Stick around for some deleted scenes. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. This is Gary here. There weren't any deleted scenes. Uh, we just talked about business stuff and, and Lords of the Fallen, and you'll get enough of that when uh, when we cover it. So, uh, no deleted scenes, but I love each and every one of you. Umbasa, my friends. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. <laughs> <laughs>